Welcome to Graduating Grief, a podcast designed to help you step back into living your life with joy after loss. If you're ready to move from surviving to thriving, you've come to the right place. Here's your host and inspirationista, Sherry Dunleavy. Victoria Volk is my guest today, and I'm really honored that she is here today because she is a grief, advanced grief recovery specialist. And so for those of you who may not know about the grief recovery method, I thought it was important to bring Victoria on because I want people to know that you can recover from the pain of your grief. I know it's true because it happened for me. And Victoria is here to explain what this method is, why it works, and why people can heal from this pain. I mean, we go to a doctor if we have a heart issue, if we have a broken arm, but yet when it comes to dealing with something as painful as grief, which might be and probably is more painful than any broken arm and lasts so much longer, we just kind of linger or we pop a pill. So Victoria, I'm really glad that you're here. Tell us a little bit in a nutshell, what grief recovery is. Grief recovery. Thank you for having me first. Um, Grief recovery is a evidence action-based program. That's also educational. And so the tools and knowledge that you learn and gain through going through the method and through the program you have for the rest of your life that you can apply to any future relationship because grief happens in the context of relationships. But there's also um, those intangible losses that we experience as well. Loss of safety, security, loss of faith, all these different things, because there's more than 40 plus losses. It's not just about death. And so it is a program that you can either participate in as a group or online one-on-one. Um, I am a facilitator of both and they actually, the Grief Recovery Institute actually offers a variety of different programs. Um, There's one for helping children with loss as well and for pet loss specifically too. So I like how you said that you have to do some work (laughs) because it's all, it's, it's really centered around doing the work. And so many people when they're in a state of grief want to avoid going there, but this requires you to go there. Absolutely. And that's one thing too, people might say, well, that was in the past. I don't have to dig that up. And why do I need to dig that up? And I would say to that, uh, that your past is your present and it is your future until you dig it up, until you look at it and identify what it is that is keeping you stuck in that, in that grief, in that, that pain pattern that Mm -hmm. has you exhibiting behaviors and things that aren't true for who you really are. I believe, because for me, it was, I resorted to alcohol. Well, it's not that I loved alcohol. We don't any addictions, like you don't love the addiction, but you're so you're in such a state of pain that you just want to numb out. You want to forget, you want to feel better for a short, you know, it just makes you feel better for a short period of time. And so that's why you keep having to go back. And it is an addiction, the substance itself. Yes. But what led to that addiction? 
right. what leads to that behavior. And oftentimes we don't connect those addictions to whether it be food, gambling, sex, um, work. I mean, workaholism, these different things, we don't connect the dots that it's grief that's leading us to, to, to these behaviors to make us feel better. Yeah. I wonder how many people are imprisoned, um, because of, you know, grief that was not dealt with, not taken care of, not, you know, moved through properly. And it just led to poor decision after poor decision after poor decision and landed people in a state of hopelessness. That's what I love about the grief recovery method is that it, it offers hope and healing, healing. Deep healing. Yes. And I know that people, when you're in that state of pain, it's unimaginable that you could heal from it. And what I, yeah, go ahead. Yeah. And I just wanted to highlight on that or piggyback that because it's not about forgetting and it's not about if it was a traumatic experience or a a less than happy relationship or a less than loving relationship. It's not about condoning um, what happened in that relationship. It's really about create the ability to create a new relationship to that person, to that relationship, because and also to not allow that emotionally dis emotional dis-ease to continue and to hinder that your natural evolution of who you are. It kind of it blocks you from that. Mm-hmm. Um, grief makes us feel like we don't have a choice. And we always do. And I want to highlight too, you mentioned the word prison. And when it comes to emotional prison, we also often find that as well when there's this sense of um, anger and resentment towards someone that, especially if they did something to us, Mm -hmm. you know, if we're a victim of assault or we're a victim of, you know, uh, abuse or anything like that, how do I forgive that? Right. Or how do I move on from that? And we speak a lot about forgiveness and apologies within the context of the grief recovery method, because they're huge pillars of recovery. And that's where a lot of people get stuck. Um, Why do I need to forgive someone who abused me or did this to me? And it's not for them. It's for you. And we don't need to talk to the other person about that. That's the beautiful thing. That's what I loved most about this. The method is that it didn't require me to go to that person and say, and ask for an apology, because if we go and ask for an apology, what does that other person, what, what if they say, I didn't do anything wrong. What do I have to apologize for? Then you are stuck in emotional prison because you're going to wait for an apology. You likely will never receive. And so that's where we need to forgive, learn how to forgive, but in a way that is an empowering way to do that. Right. And this is a guided way to do that and a safe way to do that. Well, and forgiveness is not condoning. No, it is forgiveness not. It's not saying it's okay. I forgive you. No, it's not okay. And I forgive you. Yeah. It goes really deep within the method. I, it, it sounds yeah. like 
I can see the eyes rolling already, yeah. you know, and it's, it, it really, there is a method to it. There is a process around that. Um, and for someone who can't just say out of the gate, you know, I forgive you, there are ways that we kind of step, make a baby step towards that. Um, yeah. Right. It's very important in recovery. So how did you uh, come to know about the grief recovery method and then uh, step into becoming a specialist and facilitator of this method to help others heal? I experienced childhood grief, lost my father as a child and watched him slowly decline and due to cancer. And then I was sexually abused um, after he passed as a child. And so it was the stacked up grief and trauma, loss of safety, loss of security um, that really set me up for the rest, for the next over 30 years of my life of a really hard, long road to recovery, to healing. Um, and it took me having another loss to realize that I wasn't okay because I thought I was okay for several years. I was doing really well. I thought I was doing really well, thought I was handling life really well. I got married. I had children. But when I look back on myself as a parent, um, I have a lot of regret that is grief and about how I was not able to really be present for them. Um, I was not my best self because I was still stuck in that victim mindset of what happened to me. Mm -hmm. And I had a really difficult time getting beyond that, getting beyond the shame, getting beyond the blame that I placed on myself, the regret, mm -hmm. um, situations that I found myself in. And so, um, I found alcohol later again as a mom. And, you know, I want to bring up too, there's like this wine culture, this mom and wine culture going on. I see it, you know, it's like, I'm just watching on the sidelines and I feel like who's talking about this as not being the way to be like, you're not your best self when you're, if you feel like you need a glass of wine to feel differently than how you're feeling, dig into that. For me, it wasn't just a glass of wine. It was a bottle. Mm -hmm. And I would just say bottles are really small. <laughs> They've just gotten smaller and smaller, but four glasses it's gone. Oh, what do I need? You know, then I'm looking for another bottle, you know? Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, it, I had a lot of shame to work through and a lot of things came up again for me after I had another loss and realized I wasn't okay. And so I did a Google search and that's how I found it ironically. And how did it change your life? Transformed my life. It had me looking at a relationship that was really, really difficult all of my life and helped me to look at that person with compassion Helped me to understand why the relationship was fractured the way it was and what role I played in that. Mm -hmm. And the only person we have control over is ourselves. We all know this innately. We all know this, but yet we seem to 
we seem incapable or less than willing to acknowledge that. And it's just easier to deflect and project than it is to really dig into ourselves because that is painful to do that. It's, it's an, and what I've learned is that all those years of unnecessary suffering was a lot more painful than the time it took me to work through it. Because on the other, on the other side of that, I've, my life has just blossomed. Like, I feel like I'm fully aligned with who I am for the first time. I feel like my intuition is like on point. Like I'm, I feel really connected with myself, which therefore helps me connect with others more deeply. I, I feel the same way. I went through the um, program years ago and my life transformed after that. And what I have found is that any other grief that comes after that, I have committed to go fully through that process and not try to numb it and not try to, you know what I'm saying? Like I have tools now to be able to go through that and say, I'm not okay now, but I know I will be. And see, that's the thing a lot of people don't realize that they, that, that can happen. And what I love about the grief recovery method is that they say time heals all wounds. That is wrong. That is not true. Time and hard work can. And if you address, see, my whole point is if someone gets into grief recovery as soon as they possibly can, they lessen their window of suffering. Mm-hmm. They lessen that window of suffering. Why prolong it for a lifetime? Why prolong? You know, I I was in a state of suffering for probably 15 years before I found out about the, the grief recovery method. That's that's 15 years of suffering that I I didn't have to go through. 32, 32 years. Yeah. And so if you can get the word out and let people know that it is possible, we're two living examples here. Oh, I see it all the time in the work that I do. I took someone through just recently, her father had passed away during COVID three months before we finished going through the method together. Mm -hmm. And she did not even get to see him before he was cremated. He died in the hospital Mm. and she couldn't see him. So it was a different kind of closure she didn't get, you know, not saying that seeing your loved one before they, you know, are buried is closure, but that does give you a sense of some sliver of closure. It really does to not have, and you don't realize that until you don't have that opportunity. And so for her, it was really, really traumatic and, um, it's, yeah, she spoke of being able to open his mail without crying. She was having a conversation with me after just six weeks of working with me mm-hmm. without crying. Like she, and she's like, I said, how do you feel? I feel amazing. And she had a hard time just going to his house. Cause she's, you know, having to do all these maintenance that he's, you know, taking care of the state and things like that. Mm-hmm. She's now able to do those things. 
right. without it derailing her emotionally for days. Right. And showing up in other areas of her life, she's able to show up fully. Now. Fully. Yes. And that's the thing too. I, I'm, someone mentioned um, in a podcast interview I did where they felt like they were living a half life. And I resonate with that. Right. I do too. Now the difference between, um, I didn't numb mine with alcohol like you did. I was put on antidepressants. Um, you know, and so that's what helped me, but I knew that it was under the surface. I knew it was there. I was just unable to bring it up and get it out. And that was, um, and, and I have to say that since going through this method, I have not been on any type of antidepressant for anxiety, for anything, depression, anything. Um, I've heard that many times actually of people who were before. Yeah. It truly, it, I, that's what I get into some of these online grief groups and there's nothing that breaks my heart more than new grievers coming in and seasoned grievers, you know, as they're telling their story are telling them, we'll get used to it. This is how you're always going to feel. Oh, it's you know? such a hurtful message. Isn't that awful? And this is going to, this is the worst thing. And t- time doesn't heal. And I'm so angry because my family wants me to move on. Your family doesn't want you to move on as much as they just want you to feel better. And I think that's what people realize and they get angry and stuck in their story instead of getting to the root of their pain. I was stuck in my story. Absolutely. I, I have a chapter of my book that I wrote in 2017 when I thought I was doing pretty well. <laughs> I have a chapter, um, the victim mindset, I think is what it actually, I think that chapter is titled the victim mindset. And the only victim of a victim mindset is yourself. Right but there are ripples to that. And when you are unable to see the impact of your, the victimization, it's the victimization of grief. That's what it is titled Mm -hmm. because we do feel like victims in grief. We do, but to to live in that story or to like live up to that story creates ripples in other people's lives close to us. And that's what was happening. And that's what I reflect on now. And what I saw happening with my kids, they were the victims too, of my victim story that I just continually told myself. Yes. This is where you have children that are now all of a sudden parenting the parent, trying to make the mom happy, living their life to help their mother through her pain. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, so I can see, I can see how, how that would happen. But you said, you know, that they're um, unable to look at, but sometimes people are also unwilling. No, oh, I did say unwilling too. Yeah. And that, that is true. I was unwilling, but here's the thing. I, here's the thing too. Like, and I want to bring it back to this. I did not connect it to the grief yeah. at the time. We can't see the label from inside the jar. Right. But talking with other people and connecting with other people who share in the same, that's the thing too. I think we kind of box ourselves in when we talk with other people who have the same kind of loss. Yeah. 
Right. Um, we aren't exposed to other perspectives and other, you know, ways of being in the grief. Um, but I think there's something can be learned by people who are maybe further than you or have, you know, and I'll, I hear a lot too, like everyone grieves their way. Everyone grieves their own way. Across the board, grievers pretty much generally grieve the same way in the respect of we tend to look for things that make us feel better. Yes, you're turning to different things, but you're still looking to replace the loss, right? You still want to replace the loss. And that's one of those things that we're taught as children. We lose a pet, pet dies. Well, that's okay. We'll get another one. We'll replace that loss. And that's what, how you learn when you have a boyfriend, you break up. Well, there's plenty of fish in the sea. You'll get another one. You're young. You have a miscarriage. That's okay. You're, you're so young yet. You can get pregnant again. It's these things that we say about replacing the loss, these messages that we receive. But it's not just that. It's grieve alone because people are uncomfortable talking about grief. And then they say hurtful and harmful things. And then we don't feel comfortable talking with people because they don't know what to say. I don't know what I need. So I'm just going to isolate myself. Mm -hmm. That's another myth of grief. Grieve alone. Don't feel bad. Don't feel bad. Look at the silver lining. You know, it's been a year. Aren't you over it yet? That comes back to the time heals all wounds. I could go on and on talking about how uneducated we are as a society about grief, but we learn these things in childhood from early on. And I'm not placing blame on parents, but I was one of those parents that did not know better because my mom did not know better. She didn't know how to handle her grief. Therefore, she did not know how to handle mine. Right. And so that's where we have, we live in an amazing time to receive education and tools at our disposal. And it's up to us as individuals to take that 1%, even 1% responsibility for what we truly desire in our lives and what we need to do about it. So how long, I, I agree with you wholeheartedly, you have to take a step. No one can do it for you. No one can do this work for you. No one can heal you. No one can make you feel better. People can support you and encourage you and sit with you in as you are and in your state and in your sorrow. But the healing and the steps towards hope and, and light that only you can take. Only you can take. And that's what you said. Yours was a Google search. A Google search truly led you to something that transformed your life and now your career, right? And, yeah. now, and now your path in life. So how long does the, if you, if someone wants to, you know, go through the grief recovery method, it is a set amount of time, right? Yeah. That's the beautiful thing about it too. It's like, I heard a story once about a woman who went to a support group. Her friend referred her to a support group and I can't remember the loss right now, maybe her spouse, I think. And she went there and everyone introduced themselves and a gentleman introduced himself as being there. I think it was his 12th year or something like that. Mm -hmm. She goes back to her friend and she's like, don't you ever recommend a support group like that again? Well, why is that? I don't want to be going there for 12 years. I don't want to be speaking about my story for 12 years. 
Um, and she recognized that how important it was for her to take action in that moment. Like this is not action. Right. It's, it's finding support in the moment, but I would challenge anyone who's going through a support group like that. If you're leaving feeling better, that's great. But how often do people feel better when they're hearing such sadness when they don't have the tools Ugh. and the knowledge to we call it in grief recovery, compassion fatigue. And there are different things that I do personally. That's where Reiki has been an amazing tool for me to help because I'm an empath. I take in people's energy and their emotions. I feel them without them saying anything. I could, I should, it's, you would think being in my line of work that I would be like totally just depressed all the time. Mm-hmm. it's self-care is huge for me. So if you're not someone equipped to hear stories mm-hmm. day and you know, week after week like that, it's not serving you in your own healing. Right. If you're not taking action. So this is seven weeks online. You know, that the start, you know, the end that you are going to have making made progress, right. That you're going to, I can't say going to transform your life because you have to do the work in between. Um, I have seen this happen where people did not do the work and they don't, we heal to the depths that we are willing to go. Oh yeah. And I was prepared to go as deep as I needed to take the deepest dive possible. And I'm so glad I did. I'm so glad that I did. I, what you just said about the support group is exactly why I left mine. Lovely people. But my whole thought was, you know, telling your story is healing and it is helpful. But then all of a sudden, and, and you do feel better each and every time. But once you start telling your story and you start feeling worse and then take on the stories of everybody else and all the other newcomers coming in, I told my husband, I can't go back. I can't go back. I do not want to revisit this depth of pain every other Tuesday night of my life. I cannot do it. I don't want to do it. I was ready to graduate, hence graduating grief. Mm-hmm. This is why we're here. Yep. This is why we're here. We can. There are ways for us to grieve and move through that process, but then there are many other ways for us to live you know, and that's what we need to start learning how to do again. We just have to learn how to do it differently now. And a lot of people just won't accept that. They don't like that. It's not acceptable, but the reality is it is, you know, that it is what it is. And I don't mean to be flippant by that, but as soon as you accept that we have to learn how to, you know, if you want to move on in life, if you ever want to be happy again, you have to accept that you have to move on in life and learn how to live differently. Now it can never be the same. Yeah. I mean, I asked myself, I, I just, I would say to myself, I just want to feel better. Yeah. I just want to feel better, you know, and then having children and I, I dealt with postpartum depression. It was bad. And after my second one, I sought, I sought the help of my nurse practitioner. What did she say? Let's write a prescription. Mm -hmm. She didn't ask me what happened to you. What led to this? What's going on? 
no deep conversation, no deep, uh, you know, help, helping me to really get to the root, right? Mm-hmm. We have to get to the root. We have to, if we think of our lives like a garden, mm-hmm. if we just allow those weeds to accumulate, we'd suffocate. We suffocate in our own lives. We have to pull the weeds. And we don't pull the weeds by just snipping the top. We have to pull it from the root. Yes, and that's exactly what this program does. So I I love this. I love this program. Um, I love that people can get this help online now. Mm -hmm. Um, At a time now where there are so many ways we are grieving, you know, uh, people are... we're, we're, we're losing loved ones. We're losing marriages. We're losing, you know, employment and careers. There's so much loss in this world, but all is not lost if you do the work. And thank you. Thank you so much, Victoria, not only for um, being a guest today, but for offering this gift of healing to other people. It's very fulfilling to me. Very fulfilling. Yeah. Thank you for having me. Thank you for listening to the Graduating Grief Podcast. For more information on the Graduating Grief community, workshops, and retreats, go to www.sherrydunlevy.com. If you like this podcast, please subscribe, rate, review, and share.